Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik and Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik and Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents. So don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, UpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Upsitnik and Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hey, welcome to a very heavy version of Carnival of Randomness. This is your incidental host, Rob. You know, don't tell anybody. And it's heavy not because we're going to talk about my quarantine weight gain. We're going to talk about metal and some other fun stuff. And we are very blessed with the great and powerful Oz. I mean, how you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? One thing I was going to ask you off the start, the Bauman was here. And I don't like to deal in absolutes, but he said, and I don't know if you saw him, he said Slayer's Farewell Tour is the best show he's ever seen. Um, did you see it, or did you? Have that to was probably one of the best Slayer shows I've I've seen. I wouldn't say the best show I've see, seen. I hate but, that uh, because I just don't you know what what day of the week it is. But I was yeah. surprised because the Bauman's gone to many shows, and he said he was blown away. Yeah, um, the weirdest show I've ever seen <laughs> was probably Slayer at the Penny Arcade years ago, where I go in there. There's these dudes come in wearing the hoods and the cloaks. Oh, really? and I'm looking at them. I look. I'm like, wow, this is. Really, I noticed one of them's got an ice cream cone. Is eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says metal than a, a guy eating. I'd ice always cream. say because if you went to the, you know, you went to the arcade the day, you'd see all in, in the day. Remember, I grew up during the satanic scare, and our parents were always, you know, you're going to get killed. <laughs> and I remember you'd stop down there, and I'd go to shows there, and you would see all the bikers there, and. They lost their toughness when you saw that at Abbott's holding ice cream cones. <laughs> and after all the years of going there, the only time I was afraid for my life was during one show. I think it was Loudness and Keel. And it was I got pushed into some biker who was like 600-pound bodyguard for like some 1970s pro wrestling tag team or something. And he just looked at me, or the lost member is Easy Top. And he just looked at me and said, don't push, man. <laughs> that was really my scary but I've never really had but we used to hear it was a scary place when we were kids and everything it's like but it was that good folklore when you were a kid it was always oh, dangerous it was all yeah, you know all yeah. these metal concerts my parents would let me go to at the war memorial I couldn't get any friends to go because I went to a Catholic school and they were all Oh, you're not. You're gonna get beat up. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny that's, now. That's the draw. Like just that extreme. Like 
that feeling of like being in danger. <laughs> People would lie about it too because I had a friend who, well, we got jumped during a Black Sabbath show. Well, we're, you look fine to me. Oh, <laughs> Something like that. Or Ozzy was going to bite the head off an Easter bunny because he was playing here like on Easter. Oh, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> the rooms of those times. Oh, those were all. Pre internet rooms. Oh, yeah. I love those. Were... Those were gigs. It was like, it really was. It was like. Urban legend popped out where I heard. Uh, I Manson heard. took out his ribs. Yeah, I heard. Or, or Gene Simmons had this tongue grafted to his oh, face. Yeah, or the I other one, the one, one I heard was crazy. Okay, cheap trick. Rick Nielsen had the hat stapled to his head. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. He never took it off. Yeah. But one thing, because we've talked about music a lot, and there was a book, Fargo Rock City, that I always talk about. And what it is, a kid grew up in North Dakota, South Dakota, whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> But up here is South Dakota. Leave me alone. I don't look stuff up on the show. <laughs> so he grew up, but he said whenever any, like, Kiss was very smart. They learned that people outside of New York and California, they want to hear music. So that's why Detroit, all these places, Wisconsin, because people would flock to them. But he said in terms of North Dakota, if there were shows, you went because there's nothing else to do. And you said, like, growing up in Batavia, when there were shows, you all went. Yeah, yeah, totally. The scene in Batavia growing up, it was just something to do. Like, there's a band playing, or usually Batavia would have, like, six bands playing. or so. Like, it was an all-day kind of event. And you'd go and support your friend who's in an emo band. you go and support your friend who's in a punk band. you support your friend who's in a metal band. We all got along. We all supported each other. And I feel like times now where the internet kind of pushes everyone into subcategories to the point where I'm post-punk, blah, 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 da, 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 so I cannot go to this punk show over here because it's not of my punk scene or metal scene or whatever it could be, like... I'm F grade black metal. Like, so what? Just go to a black metal show. Well, oh, you're black metal, but uh oh, I caught I caught you on camera, and you're going on YouTube for going to that Village People tribute show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there I do admit though, there was like one case. It was shiny toy guns. One of my friends kept asking me to go. I had no idea who they were, but I was always. I'll go see a band. I'm fine. It was the only time I've ever gone where I just felt self-conscious because the audience was, it was like a California band, sort of emo, sort of, and they were all young people. And I'm looking at there and everybody's looking at me like I'm a narc or something. And I remember whoever the opening band was, they came out, they had to be the worst band I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, literally the worst. And I'm sitting there and literally I'm, it's in Water Street. I'm leaning against the wall. And after they stopped one song, I self-consciously slid out, man, these guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in front of me started looking at me. But I just felt that's the only time I really felt out of place, not threatened. But I was just like, it was not a crowd where it was like, it was some band for teeny boppers and, you know, a couple dads there. And I'm sitting there in the corner looking sulky with like a, you know, Black Sabbath, you know, born again shirt on something. <laughs> live evil. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, we go, and especially in Rochester, we have so much any shows i'll be like i'll go to the rpo then i'll go to the boat jar right yeah. <laughs> nobody cares and people i think what the internet does to us is we're seeing in these times especially with isolation it's tennis back to high school where you have to be in that click you have totally. to be absolutely 
you know, and everything. But Rochester is the city of clicks. It's massively. I mean, we are a smug town for, you know, those weirdos like us who just break the mold and go wherever we feel like. Right. But that's what it reminds me of. But where did you play? Where did they play in Batavia? Um, there used to be a coffee shop, uh, Main Street Coffee, back in the day. I wish that place was still around. It was, uh, The main guy used to put on, uh, he used to be a promoter, and he would book uh, with a group of his other friends. They would play, uh, they would rent out the rink in uh, Batavia way back in the day. Um, the coffee shop, and then sometimes parks, like, uh, and it... It wasn't always in Batavia, like Genesee County. Yeah, that's. Like, I mean, I have to confess that of all the years living here, I finally found out that Batavia is farther out than Leroy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it took me just because I was in Leroy. And I drove. Wait, I'm going the other way to get to Batavia. <laughs> but I know they have festivals out there too, and like every Kansas have played there, and all these yeah. they have the big parks. Yeah. And also, I love the Muck Dogs. I hope they. I hope they live. If I lived there, I would have gone every I, day, man. It's just nice park, Boyer Stadium. Just go walk down. I used to live about Bank Street, four down the road on Bank Street. Yeah, <laughs> I lived by the uh, the five corners there, uh, and uh, technically it's Alba, but right on that five corners, it's um, Stafford, uh, Batavia, and Alba. So it's like it. <laughs> it's sort of like that because I've gone through like for work, I've traveled through the highways and byways in New York. You get the town of, the shower of, the yeah. county of. It's hard. It's Ovid. It's this. It's that. So you don't know if you're stepping one foot here and one foot here. <laughs> you have no idea. But also, we have to confess, we're talking about different kinds of music. When we've talked about best shows we've ever seen, Elton John is right up there for both of us, dude. One of the the best show I ever seen. I was never a fan until I seen him live. My mind was blown. Best show. I had the one I lived the in. Second, I, I would say it's second best Paul show. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney right? is number one. I lived, say, I lived when I lived in Alexandria. He was coming to the Capitol Center, and one of my friends got to go. I said, I don't mind him as much, but he's got to wear all those weird costumes and stuff. <laughs> so I was like, oh, come on. So I go down there. I don't want to see the duck suit. But he put on just. He's, he's amazing. The, the way he plays that piano is amazing. He's got surrounded with great musicians. And I'd seen too, because I'll say in terms of his keyboards, like if you go to alt country now, like the Jayhawks, a lot of these bands. Plus, okay. I mean, he played on Ozzy's last album. Oh, yeah, buddies. yeah. And I guess Ozzy only did that album because he had the break, and I don't think he's ever going to tour again, unfortunately. Doesn't sound like it, but I guess he came yeah. in, he's friends with Ozzy, he did Ordinary Man, he played keyboards on it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Awesome, yeah. And then I ask, like, in terms of gateway things, I used to say drugs, but I don't want to get pulled from the air. What was really got you into, like, the music you like now? Was there an album or, like, something when you were younger, like a band you saw? I think I remember listening to Guns N' Roses when uh, they first came out. Like, I was probably, like, five, six years old when the uh, um, episode came five. out. five. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was instantly turned on by that, like, that guitar, heavy guitar sound, and then I didn't never really like. My mom kind of got into some of the hair stuff. She liked her country music, so I was always striving to listen to something heavier. I think I was like twelve ish when Black Album came out. Um, 
and I was like, wow, something a little heavier than Metallic or than than Guns N' Roses. Then I paddle uh, back cataloged Metallic and heavier and heavier and heavier. Then and plus they have the connection from I, Rochester too when oh, they play their album here. Album, yeah, and it's like the studio's down East Avenue thing. Yeah, and I know my friend oh. Sammy. He used to do the door, not the door, but we'll talk about shit about doing doors pretty soon because i will say we are experts on everything because we've done doors at bars (laughs) so we listen to us don't listen to these campaigns your doorman is always the wise man no i have a friend my friend kevin my friend brian rome told me one time he's in the military he was in iraq he said i've never learned to deal with people or deal with situations more from doing a bar so listen to us we know we're talking about you learn how to read people quick but guns and roses what they did for me is you have to remember at the time all this crappy mtv hair metal came out if you like it you like it or i particularly did but it's all this fake metal then guns (laughs) and roses came on the scene and they were heavy and their roots were like in punk and stuff you listen to the spaghetti incident that's great you know and i still love you know, ain't it fun when you die young? Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun? <laughs> Plus, they had the rock and roll vibe. We're getting a story from Fargo Rock City. He said he met Cinderella one time. He said they were cool dudes. They were cool. But they were just regular guys, right? Yeah. So he goes to meet Guns N' Roses. Slash comes out of the hotel room, pukes, walks right by him and falls over. And, and I guess like his assistant said, oh, I'm sorry, he had a rough night. And he said, at least these guys were all fucking. Yeah. And I heard all the stories about Axel like doing stuff at shows and everything. Yeah. You know, I, I love Guns N' Roses. I hate, like, you know, they never tried to associate with the hair bands. They always made fun of them, but people caught on thinking like, oh, they are a hair band. It's like, no, they're a different breed. <laughs> no, they were a lot heavier. And I, remember and I wouldn't listening. say they were a metal band either. They were just... No, listen they to the Use Your and Illusion. And one of the first songs on there, and actually Izzy Stradlin sung, and I said, this is Exile from Main Street Rolling Stones. Yeah. This is, and I guess what they were going to do before they broke up first time was Slash wanted to do more like Southern country, like Southern hard rock. When they broke up. So they were all over. You listen to their albums, it's like punk, this. It's like going to see a Motorhead show, like at the Penny Arcade. I would see all my friends there. There'd be like the metalheads, but there'd be like people who more likely would see punk. They'd come out for Motorhead. I think they cross blend. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah. But I always say, for me, one of the things that I got into, too, was I found Lakeshore Record Exchange. And this was on Lake Avenue. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with it. And that place. Ron Stein, the thing for us, we found, you would go down there every Saturday, so, go down there. Okay, what do you got? What do you got? And we'd be those guys, we'd come out, we'd have, like, the stack albums like this, be, like, Hank Williams on the bottom, the Zombies, Slayer on top. And I still remember, like, Master of Puppets came out. My friend goes in there, what do you want today? Slim Whitman. <laughs> but he would try to turn us on to stuff. And he was good friends with King Diamond. Uh, so we got into King Diamond because he was friends with them. I guess he lives in Dallas by King Diamond now. Oh, Wow. So he, well. he's really good friends. And the funny part is one, one of my friends' names is Ron Stein. This is the Ron Stein that Slayshire. But that was cool to have because this was before a lot of the other places. You go, you go down because I got paranoid Woolworth sale. <laughs> some <laughs> albums like that. Yeah. But I got par- but I got albums like that. But just going down there, he would always try to you know show us new things that we really liked. And this was like when Metallica, like Exodus, feed you know not. The first album, Kill 'Em All. I'm thinking of, <laughs> but, but then, you know, the second album, Ride the Lightning, and everything. 
Yeah. But I have heard now the new Armored Saint album I heard is really You know, I haven't even heard My friend the Bauman again said it's fantastic, so. Yeah. Which is cool. I think a lot yeah. of these bands that stay around, like I'm still a huge Iron Maiden fan. The point could be made, why do these bands stay around? Maybe because they're third, good? Third best show, Iron Maiden. That last Buffalo show, I was a Maiden a few times, and that one was like a great show. That was cool because my friend's on their fan club, so he's psyched about getting tickets as soon as on the fan club. And they were just great. You wait for Eddie to come out. And what they do for their tours, too, I guess, is one tour they'll do a lot of new stuff, do all that. The next tour it'll be like a throwback, like a lot of the old stuff. But I still love, like, when Bruce came out, and the first time I ever saw them was Number of the Beast. They toured with Judas Priest. Turned out it was the last show of that tour they were playing on. And I still love when Bruce came out. This is not what to do with the bird when the bird shits on you. The rhyme of the ancient mariner, which was the latest, <laughs> a later show. But that was the first time I saw him. And I was just hooked to the whole thing. And I really like their Paul Diano stuff, too, in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, I do, too. I yeah. really do. And people don't get that, like, Remember Tomorrow, Phantom of the Opera. Great songs. And all these. That's the thing. They're just great songs. I always had this thought, like, you know, you always got to, usually when bands always get a second get, uh, vocalist. They always get somebody that's better, and which there's nothing wrong with that or the the previous singer. But you ever notice like a lot of those bands always has like the more of the punk attitude vocalist. Then they get rid of that person to get somebody that's more trained, like yeah. Black Sabbath, Ozzy, um, ACDC, you know, um, and. Uh, Iron Maiden, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all those guys like were always replaced by a more of a classier, tr- classical trained vocalist. Yeah, like, Dio. You know, it's yeah. like and, and some of my friends like the Dio stuff better than the Ozzy stuff, and I'll yeah. go. I think it's different. I like them both. You know, I whenever somebody puts that perspective in me, I'm like, oh, Iomi. Iomi's the guy. <laughs> He's the guy, really. And I mean, they have Tony Martin, who was like the Tony the guy when yeah. they desperately need somebody. But what I've heard from reading Iomi's book is they're all friends. Yeah, you know, it's just that. Well, there, <laughs> remember the uh, Ozzy's early tours? He would always have a midget. Ronnie, yeah, a midget. he hung him in. I like, saw the show. <laughs> and and uh, uh, unfortunately. Ronnie would play that guy. The Ronnie the midget would play that guy. Where um, Ozzy would treat him like shit, like just kick him around or whatever. <laughs> People would be like, "Why are you doing that?" He's like, "He's my midget." And then Ronnie would say, "You're right, you know." <laughs> or he's right, you know. <laughs> but, Plus, also like Dio played in a band called Dwarf or Elf, Elf, yeah, Elf, Elf, Elf. Yeah. So he did that. But the sad part too, I always remember that I saw. The Diary of a Madman tour was a couple weeks after Randy Rhodes' crash. So that came, and what I've heard from reading Rudy Sarzo's book, Riding the Rails, was that we got to keep playing because of Ozzy, because he'll just go to pieces. And when he came to town, he was was sick, too. I still remember his vocals. But I guess Brad Gillis was back learning things while Bernie Torrent was playing. And Rudy Sarzo's brother tried out. And Ozzy was going to pick him, but then I guess the record company already brought Bernie over. Uh, but yeah. I always think, because you think of what Randy would have done if he kept going on. He was just amazing. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know he, Randy used to go on tour, 
he would get lessons at every place up until the day he died. And you know what happened he, at those lessons, right? He said he would go into lessons. He ended up showing them how to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. He always, because I read, you should read off the rails sometimes. It's yeah. like, oh, it's really, especially when he goes, but he, like Rudy said, Bernie Torn finally really clicked in Rochester. But I still, oh, I want to punch one of my friends i know because the only footage of randy you find it was when they played at the studios the here studio, yeah. and that was because ozzy was it was with the gig at the auditorium theater i had not seen it for blizzard of oz i turned out a friend of mine new people could have got me in he said i don't know you liked ozzy like, i'm showing obscene gesture now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i guess one of my, my friend met him he said he was uh, he's drinking soup said and that's what we can talk about a little because i we have met some people and i'll tell you it's a plus and minus because some people you meet are real pricks yeah and other people like ozzy's always been known as like a sweet just best guy oh he was awesome meeting him it was like one of, God. One of my, I would have pissed my pants. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of those dream like people that I always wanted to meet and shake hands with. And I think it's also, too, sometimes you think you're going to make a dick out of yourself because even though they're people, you, like, you don't know what you're going to say. It's like you go, you know, <laughs> something. But I think he makes you feel at ease, too. I think the only time I was starstruck, and it wasn't, I feel like, starstruck, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, it's more or less like, I don't know what to say to this person. It was like the the Fonz meeting Henry Winkler. (laughs) And it was kind of like one of those like awkward like moments where it's like, I'm not talking to the guy that's a, I'm talking to the guy that's more like, um, Mr. Robinson or Mr. Rogers. Like I got caught with one. Like, (laughs) so I'm helping doing the door at the old toe and I find the guitars from my morning jacket comes in and people are freaking about it. Right. I have no fucking clue, because this is like, what, would you say, like an emo, new wave, one of those 90s bands? Uh, alternative rock. Well, I think we have a technical problem. Well, the gremlin came in here from this, this is supposedly haunted in the studio, and cut <laughs> us off for a minute. I didn't know My Morning Jacket offended people, it a 90s band. But what happened, do you see the ghost? Do you see it? I didn't see the ghost. Looked like Booberry. <laughs> but what happened was, so I'm there. There, my morning jacket, the guitarist. I forgot his name. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. You know music. I go up there. It's really nice to meet you. He's like, I'm a lied through my teeth and really big fan. He's like, Oh, what what song do you like? <laughs> and I just said, Well. I'm, Excuse me, I'm kind of nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> but it was just funny because, again, it's like I really didn't know. Like I might have known one album. You know, you hear the names of so many groups you've never. Yeah. <laughs> but I know one we agree. I mean, Alice Cooper I've heard also very nice. And I saw his show with Hailstone. Oh, yeah, that was a good show, too. I actually thought, you know, you get to be my age and you realize your death is <laughs> Anon. So I actually almost shelled out 600 bucks. I didn't do it. I, especially taking care of my dad. I didn't have any money. There was a show in Pittsburgh. You could have, Pittsburgh, you could have gone down there, could have been on stage, helped chop somebody's head off with the guillotine and kick balloons around. And I thought about doing it. <laughs> that, that's pretty sweet. I thought, I'm like, okay, can I, you know, I had the credit card out. Going, What's some more debt at this point? <laughs> it's it's important. It's essential. But I just didn't do it. But the thing about Bruce Dickens is, too, if you've read his book and everything, this man's done so much and overcome cancer, too. Yeah. I I, I did a 
it was kind of like a meet and greet, but they kind of pushed you along. Well, you know it what? Was, they, probably York. so many people. They probably got a. Yeah, we were in New York, and they he was doing the book signing of his uh, last book he bo- uh, wrote. So it was just kind of pushed you along. They didn't you didn't get pictures taken, which you know I'm more of a picture guy than an autograph. guy. I am. Too. I like to tell people also. You know, I like your work and everything. But one of the ones was Saxon came to the. They played a gig and think about you go to see Saxon at the Penny Arcade. They play festivals in Europe at headline. Yeah. So I got there. I'm like, I might as well have them sign and you know, Biff. And so I made total ass of myself. I was young. I go up there, Mr. Bifford. I really love you. Keep going on. I want to. I love watch this guy's. I love going on. Waiting for his response. He's sitting there. This Marcus fucked. He could say wouldn't work. That's what he said to me. But I remember like meeting Queens right before they were popular when they opened for Kiss. And like the one guy we always said was like a douchebag, those Ted Nugent. I met him. And he I've heard it. like I heard so many stories and I have friends who he must have lived in Arizona for a while or maybe at a beauty of his ranch. They lived is like right by him. They said he was just a prick. And I've heard stories I've heard also they friends. just did other stories like reading about like what an arrogant freaking Yeah, I had friends that um Apparently they had relatives that lived by uh, near him or something. Yeah, you too. So. He was like, maybe it was you that was telling me that. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like the ego that the guy has, yeah. like I can do whatever I want. This is my country, whatever you know. It was uh, because it, in terms of politics, too, like for example, Charlie Daniels passed away recently. He was a well-known right winger, conservative. Nobody doesn't like Charlie Daniels because he's a nice uh, dude down to earth. Whereas this guy's going around just being a you know, doesn't make you really like his thing. <laughs> yeah. I I was a fan until I met him, and I'm like... No, the thing is, you can like the music, you know, take... I know there's some things we probably don't agree on with some artists, but I just go... I like their music, you know, unless it turns out they're, like, with, you know, five-year-olds doing sick shit or whatever. You know, I'm not going to pay attention to them. But when they turn out to be assholes... Like, yeah, I feel, like, my connection with a lot of music is, like... It helps me, like, it helps me like your music if I like you as a person. Like, I think that has a big bind there, too. And then sometimes the most arrogant people are the least talented people. They are. That's the thing, too. Well, I had a one again. I used to, I went to school in Albany for a year. And my roommate, again, got me, we have to go see Susan Vega. And I actually, the only thing I knew about Susan Vega was the smithereens worked for her. So I had something to say, right? Uh, yeah. So I went to see her, her music's. It is what it is. You like it or you don't. She came up to the bar. So we're talking to her. She's signing my friend's ticket. I, she stopped when I was talking. You could tell she was actually really listening. <laughs> and just the way she was so nice, I would go out of my way just to say support her and everything. Yeah. Where some people, though, you get some artists where you go, they were nice. I'm disappointed. A friend met John Waters, said, oh. how was he, Jed? How was he? It stunk. He was actually a nice guy. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> it's like you weren't a, a Johnny Ron if you met him yeah. oh, he said thank you now <laughs> 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 we have the one connection too again is the bug Jaron how long how did you find your way into this horrible business of doing the door <laughs> um, I started working at Montage um, when I got out of college uh, I was fresh out of college well I quit college, and I was a Photoshop. Like, I loved doing Photoshop and stuff, and I went into college for radio broadcasting. I was already working at another radio station in Batavia. Um, 
So Randy's like, well, you can no promotion in a way, I guess, and uh, you can use Photoshop. Why don't you make some flyers for me? And you come into the show. Next thing is uh, his main security guard that was working for him uh, left. So he's like, I need a security guard. You're a big guy. You're kind of scary. Okay, so, I want this. This proves the rumor for us doing door that they kidnap our families and they say you're going to do door. We're going to kill your families and loved ones. We actually <laughs> do. We get dragged into this somehow. And I do want to say too, like in terms of radio and stuff, I found like doing this show. There's all kinds. You could take classes on doing these. The way you do it is you learn how to do it by doing it. You know. Yeah. You might totally. know the, like the technical stuff, obviously for radio. Yeah. You know, like, but you do. You can learn that. But I think that's the best ways to learn. But yeah, I remember some a lot of shows in montage. Sure. Yeah. Um Yeah, he he got me roped into it. Next thing I was uh getting my license, security license and um me and Randy had a falling out and we're we're we are friends now um again we patched things over after a, a nice beer and uh so if only can are... solve all the world problems yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, after that, um, well, after I left left the montage, I started working at Bug Jar. I'm like, hey, I'm a package deal. I'm a promoter and a security guard. And, and the thing, I can go back, and this is actually, I think, I'm pretty sure the 30th year it's open. And probably with all the crap going on, we're not going to do tons. But I remember the first night it opened, it would back in 19 and i was like eight years old but it looked a lot older so went down my friends lived on Priam by woody's we stopped down and it used to be rosie's a different different oh, yeah, type yeah. different type of bar <laughs> let's just say that and they said there's a bar open over there want to go check it out so we were outside my friends first went and they come out you gotta check this place out <laughs> and this is where all the stuff was on the ceiling yeah. which i could say for out of towners or people who came in high or drunk who never been there watching them Look at the decor. Was has always been a pleasure for me. Oh yeah, the jaw drop. It's like, dude. <laughs> but what I heard now too, because I ended up going away and living away a lot of the nineties, was at first. And if you don't know, you have to ask. I actually have to ask Bobby this sometime. At first, they didn't feature music. Yeah, it was a dance club. See, I did not know that until yeah. one of my friends, because like I said, I pretty much lived here till 91. Then I was gone for a lot of the 90s, so I didn't realize. But he would say he loved it. Him and his friend loved it because he said everybody went there. You go in, see the punks, the people in business suits. Yeah, it was an alternative dance club. It wasn't um, – I, I don't know what came first, if it was Vertex or Bug Gyre or – Club X. X but. came because I know I know X was on state, and I know that was probably first because that was like a little earlier. I remember because I used to hang out there. Okay, but yeah, they were all kind of similar in styles as far as like See, now, the outsider instead of going to the East Ave dance bars. You know? Yeah, and like that too. And also, they used to have the Bug Fest and the beauty of the Bug Fest. And again, I'd have this Bobby was from me when they ended them, but they were you would go see bands before they were bands and i'll always remember i'll tell people the story of going to the one i think it was a very rainy but it was at the highland bowl i'm pretty sure and again don't quote me because i'm making this stuff up as i go along memory phase but i know what happened the white stripes played there yeah this was before they were the white stripes actually if you type in bug bug jar 
there would be no see, fun on the show if you do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll you, you Google bug jar. You'll see the the some pictures of boy stripes yeah. playing bug it's, bowl. It's really cool <laughs> it's though. It's like all these bands. Plus, there's also blast from the past there because you've seen blue cheer there. You know what? I was in college when I discovered Blue Cheer. I got a demo. Okay, that's the drug, the the band. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the demo of the band, and I loved it. And I kind of backburned it, and I I think because I got caught up listening to something else. And I went back to the Blue Cheer CD. And I'm like, oh my god, this band is fucking. Awesome. I had found out about them by fluke, really, because what happened was friends of mine who were musicians. One of their players, and I'm going to goof this up, I always do either the guitarist or the drummer is from Rochester now. They picked him up from here. Oh, I didn't know it's, that. And, and I always mess it up. It's either, it's not Dickie Peterson, you know, he passed away, but, you know, yeah. Dickie. But it's either the guitarist or the drummer. He's been in here, but they picked him up, so they were recording here. And one of my friends got me an autographed picture of him. And that's why I first, and I started playing their stuff and going, this was prototype metal for heavy yeah. is all... Yeah, that was definitely. And I've seen a couple of people who I know, like my friend, you know, Rich Eddie Kirk. He, I remember he was at the show and he said to me after he's like in awe, that's the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> and, but we've seen like some of these bands like the Saints, especially for like, the Saints were another band I've seen that was really good. Oh, yeah. the, the Electric Prunes. Oh, that had been amazing. The thing too. about Dickie Peterson too, if you ever met him, it's like this guy, he owns a farm, he used to own a farm with chickens and stuff in Big Sur. The guy's like, with this it comes like this, it's like Ronnie James Dio on you. But they great storytellers. They hung out with them, just very personable. Yeah. He was telling me about they were in the hotel, he says, when Janice Joplin died. And they said they were taking her out and everything. Wow. So and I love listening to people like that, hear all these stories firsthand. Yeah. But and I don't know sometimes how we, we would get bands that are like that, like Agent Orange. Yeah. You know, Kid Creole and the Monkey Boys. Yeah. And I always remember this is one of the things I've been bringing out this year, I think because of us, the groups we associate in, we think everybody likes what we like. And I start to use the term squares again. Yeah. There's us and there's the outside world yeah. in terms of music taste. And, like, for example, when the Flesh Tones played, one of the best shows I've ever seen at the Bug Year, there were, like, 34 people. Yeah. Kenny Rogers sold up the War Memorial that night. Oh. And I'm just thinking, because I'll mention bands and people will look at me. I remember taking a side job one time for Christmas, and there was the guy there. He was the music guy. He knew every band, every band, right? Every yeah. band. I listened to everything. I just said, do you know Nick? Have you heard Nick Lowe's latest Christmas album? Who's Nick Lowe? I think he knew Tom <laughs> Petty, though. I think he knew Tom Petty. Yeah. That's what gets me now, though, is like you see some of these like Exodus records at target or something. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's like how many people go to those shows yeah right seriously but there is it's like that underground because for us too i'll never get into an argument maybe if will carol on he might know where the first punk things i would say it was more scorgies new wave idols for me oh yeah was it was like a place down by liberty pole and they had all these type of bands you know, yeah. and you can Google them online. They'll tell you all the... All the you know, I saw the dwarves there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and they wow. played the bug jar, too. That's <laughs> But I remember, like, that's oh, amazing, too, where they look for people in terms of people who don't just want to go see the average. You know, that's why I wasn't popular in high school, because I remember trying to make Gun Club... You know, these days, if I said I was going to bring Gun Club to school, they'd probably arrest me. Yeah. <laughs> but I bring Gun Club tapes, and people would say they'd be listening to, you know, Big Town, like here. You know, it was all Journey, REO, Sticks, all the big 
you know, those type of bands, you know, more power to them. But I would give these out and I'd ask for reviews and go, man, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I ever heard. Why don't you use some good music? <laughs> you know, which, which gets me now because then I see what cracks me up then was like nobody liked the Ramones. And I liked the Ramones. Uh, like, now every idiot goes around with their Ramones stuff on. Hey, What's your favorite Moon song? What? Who? <laughs> I, <laughs> I want something to do that's my favorite because as soon as it, I had the EP, first Ramon thing I ever got, it was like an EP and it had that hang. And as soon as I heard them hanging out on Second Avenue eating chicken vindaloo, how do you top that freaking lyric? <laughs> yeah, right. And Ricky Ramon played at Loving Cup. And he scorched it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if any of the Ramones, if they ever played at the Bug Jar or not. I just don't remember that. No, but uh, Bobby T told me a story that he hung. You ask him about hanging out with uh, uh, Joe Ramone and <laughs> both being drunk. And yeah, Bobby T ended up being Joey Ramone's babysitter. I don't believe it. <laughs> I do know, okay, I know a person who worked for Electra and they... This is years ago, and I'm not going to mention the name, so it would be fine. They used to bring, like, his drugs for him. And he was so spacey, he would give him his little thing or whatever he was taking. he put it in his pocket, he'd forget that he gave it to him. <laughs> and it was a weird band, because, like, Johnny's, like, this right-wing guy. I guess, like, Joey's a was, like, a real hippie and everything. Yeah. But they were they were literally one of the loudest bands I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I bet. Juicifer was the loudest band I've That's what seen. we talked about this. Yeah. I know when I went in there, I'm like, how's it going, man? I go in there. There's a lot of fucking speakers in here. Oh, <laughs> I think Fox 45 might have opened for them. I think they did. And they yeah. always say, I tell Amanda and all them, they're probably the loudest local band. I don't know if you would say somebody else. It's not a competition. It's just like, who would you say they're like one of the... I I know a few louder bands. I think. Yeah, but they're pretty yeah. damn loud. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're loud. Like, yeah. loud. But they were... You know, they were ABBA compared to Lucifer. And that was one of those, like, you saw me here, I told you. I had to keep walking out because you moved plugs and everything. (laughs) Yeah. I remember the first time I'd seen them. And I walked out of the other room. And not very often my ears ring. Or let alone just, like, you're you're talking to a friend and you're talking to them at the same level as we are. But you. Yeah, or it's like that weird. <laughs> then the next, the worst is the next day when you wake up yeah. you know, and everything's seashells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the kinds, I mean, that's like, they were probably the loudest. But the other thing I've always said to people in terms of if you go to, I've been to all kinds of shows. You go to a metal show, it's probably least likely show you're ever going to get beat up at or a punk show. Yeah. People are, it's amazing what they say at the bug jar. Like, you go on East and Alexander, I go, some guy bumps me, he's like, watch it, asshole. Yeah. You go to the bug jar, they, wow, these evil punks, they say, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> I like to say metalheads and punks, we're just hippies that. Look like, like fiends. Look, <laughs> <laughs> we're like the dark hippies, you know? <laughs> yeah, everybody's with their mellow dudes, and I've been to other popular shows when people, you know, they act like assholes and everything. I don't know if they, people don't get the rock, but they don't get the whole thing. But it's like, those are, I feel most at home yeah. when I'm like at the bug or something when I'm among punks and I'm among metalheads. Right. <laughs> you know, never had problems. The only one was at one show where somebody cut the really bad fart next to me. <laughs> and I tell you, this one, I, I don't know who did it, but one of the biggest horror stories I'll ever have from the bug jar is I end up going home. <laughs> I went to the bathroom. Somebody took a shit in the urinal. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you weren't working that day, I take it. 
No. Eh. I, actually, now that I think about it, I think I've heard something. I think my other security guard buddy was working there. And the only weird time, this one, I had a Captain America shirt on one time, this old weird guy, I think I, you were there then, I, he kept staring at me. He's like, will you take your shirt off and give it to me? I'm like, uh, no. He's like, thanks for asking. Yeah, you want to ask. Don't get those requests all the time. But, I mean, we'll talk a little about doing door to some of the stories. One of the things, we had a guy, and now it's the Rosen Crown. It was Monty's Crown. Some character, and I guess they caught him, was going, in, as we get into, like, the real intellectual part of the program, was taking a shit on top of the toilet for days. And believe me, I used to clean the bar to make extra money. I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> but we've said, and you've this is a statement I'm going to steal from you. When we've done doors, if you do doors at a bar, no matter how stupid you think people are, amp it up 50 to 75%. And some, one of the best stories for me, you've probably gotten this a lot, ID. Do I really have to show it to you? Yes. <laughs> but have you ever gotten that? Or yes. Plenty of time? Or would you get... I have to walk all the way back to my car, and there's cars across the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. Um, can I show you my ID off my phone? No, I don't know you. You could be a Photoshop pro. Like, why would I want to take your ID off of your cell phone? Or another good one. Can I show you my Apple ID? What? <laughs> uh, we had the one. It's my friend Mike Batista. I at the old toad person comes up she got a medical id okay if you look at a medical id there's not a date of birth either, right just saying no we need someone with date of birth but i'm in i'm in medical school i must be of age my friend doesn't miss a beat takes a puff of a cigarette doogie hauser was a doctor <laughs> <laughs> that's great but the thing is though too like i found especially like on east alexander you could spot like the people who were going to cause trouble were right? yeah. like, God oh, damn, yeah. you have to let them in. Because yeah. I flipped. I literally, there was a Halloween, it was Halloween one year, and I was doing the door at the corner. And this was when, like, City, the Coyote Joes, this was when, this was, like, before these bars were there. They had a lot of, they were all just meat markets and everything. I literally saying, I got to stop doing this for a while or I'm going to hit somebody because the attitudes of people were so atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah. and I had, like, for Skylark, okay? And Skylark's like this oasis there. But, like, a couple <laughs> times I'll park down east in Alexander. I'll go to Little. They'll come down to Skylark. So I made the mistake of doing that. Whatever band played, doesn't matter. I decided to walk down east in Alexander instead of cutting the other way. I walked into, like, a riot or something with all these. It was, I guess, every weekend for a while. It was all, like, the you know, that crowd, oh, frat yeah. boys and... All the, the polo shirt wearing, cologne wearing types. <laughs> yeah, but Prop collar. Yeah, and the police cars. Because I remember I would show up. I used to clean the bars too, at cheap extra money, right? Yeah. And so go down, I go to park. You know, in the good old days, I get hit up with a, by a hooker or some guy giving me a good spiel. My favorite guy there was always, can you help me out? I'm hungry. Like, dude, I would, but why don't you just move your hand from behind your back where you got the sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> and some of like, they would do that, but there would be, like, some of these things on the weekends. It was horrible. Then you go down to, like, you know, Bugger or anywhere else, be peaceful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people don't get that. It's like no. I still look at that, but that's, you know, why. But, like, I still remember in terms of now, how's quarantine affected you with all this? Um, well, pretty well, much I'll set the stage a little. We're in January, February. Then I'm, ah, I've got stuff. I literally, I've been calling this the, the email ticket refunds because throughout the year, all the shows I've been going to, I've been getting money back because of all yes. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
I've been working at a few different bars. Um, right now, I've been working at Marshall Street, and um, I admit I love the Owl the, House. Oh yeah, the, I love that place. Did you too. ever go? Like this was a couple summers ago. I used to go. Love the cauliflower thing. So, but it was when they were working at Marshall Street, and you got the cloud of dust flying overhead. Oh. <laughs> it was just funny. It was just fun. But I used to love my friend Marissa, and I went there all the time. And it, but I just love. There's like a cloud flying over oh, yeah. all the time. But it was like a simple thing. And I'll use this example. Last Halloween, you know, I take my dad out for pumpkin ice cream. It's a Go back to the line. It's all windy, rainy. I come out to Skylark afterwards and see the bands. I look at you and I'm like, oh, what the hell mask are you wearing, dude? But, you know, <laughs> we're among friends and everything. You know, you go down there, you have a good time, go home. Now, if you're going out, you have to get the mask, the disinfected. You have to debate where uh, you're going to sit. Is it open? You know, it's just that basic freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I, and how's it been, like, in terms of, like, when it's, what are the rules you're having to follow right now? And... Um, a lot of times the people that I deal with now is you got to treat everyone like they're a three-year-old and they keep forgetting to put the mask over their nose. I saw, <laughs> dude, I go to, so first time I've been trying to avoid this stuff because I'm paranoid enough, yeah. you know, but like for me, for what, like I said, I got to go to the store, I'd write a list. I'm going to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. So I go in there and I look around and go, wow, now I know why contraception fails half the time. Because you, <laughs> people have their thing down on their chin, their nose out. <laughs> I see this dude take his mask, pull it up, honk a goober all over the one aisle and put it back on. It's like, put it over your face. Yeah. Oh, man, people... I'm dumb. <laughs> I just unbelievable. It's not that. And I always say this: if you were, we're not going to fight about if you agree with it. Does it effective or not? The way I look at it is this: again, is okay. Again, like when we're doing doors, you, you want to come in the bar. It's not us telling you you have to be over eight twenty one or eighteen. Yeah, unless it's all, whatever. But it's just they'll get you can't let people in. So yeah. look, you, so if you're going to like understand, it's tough for the economy. Places want to stay in business. Just wear the damn mask. Yep. No, don't torment. I saw one incident at Wegmans where. It's like, damn it, I'm only coming in here to buy dog food. There were two women spitting at a manager and stuff. I left. So it's COVID brain, right? Yeah. I, f- I bring, I forget my wallet. So you, uh, that great feeling of, oh, just put this aside for me. Yeah. And, they're, and So I go home. I live like under five, like about five minutes away. I come back, there's two police cars. And I'm just thinking, dude, imagine I would freak if I was working a job like that all day in this situation. Yeah. Because, like, I think it was, it was a show, might have been a Bug Jerry show, where this was just when this started. I went out, I came back, and it was when they had the little, finally the little lines, right? So, go there, and the guy couldn't understand the idea of putting his groceries down. <laughs> I don't want to put them down. <laughs> you know, it's like, chill out, dude. Just try to make it, imagine working those jobs, like, all day, having to put up with, that's what I always say. So, I've always been, because especially when we do the jobs we do, you try, like, you give that extra tip, because you remember what kind of hassle, you know, people are going through there. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if you've yeah. seen anything interesting. Yeah, um, not really. Uh, nothing weird or just, I, th- I feel like now, like, what I deal with mostly it's just the ignorance, like, hey, man, like, just follow the rules. Like, I don't care if you're an anti-masker or you are a masker. Just follow the rules of the bar. It's it's not us forcing it. It's 
they're trying the government to, trying, you're to, trying to do the best you can. <laughs> yeah. and you don't know on this. I'm just here to enforce. You what don't the know <laughs> day to day. I was when the chicken wing thing came out. I was just going out. You know, yeah. I guess all this weight I put on over the years is imaginary too from those chicken wings. But that's the thing. But it turns out you've done, and I know you're taking more time away to do, work with your band, but you've tried to do some booking here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've, what is a little because I've tried in my own way, like to do fundraisers and stuff. What are some of the pros and cons of dealing with this type of thing? Um, if you're trying to book an all local show, it's hard to snag all the locals without having a national band. Like, there's two different things: you could have a touring band and nobody wants to play. Or a all uh, all local show, no one wants to play because there's no one touring. And in order to get that certain band to play, somebody has to be a friend of the band of touring, or it's somebody that's huge. And um, and then a lot of times it's like all right, you book something huge, and then you lose three, four hundred dollars. I'm show. always amazed. Like I'll give an example. I guess like Samantha Fish, who's a very good blues guitarist yeah todd grimy grimy you know grimy, todd grimy. Yeah. he uh he was saying at dinosaur she first now i guess like she'll sell out bigger places he was saying that night this she's you know tremendous guitarist nobody's freaking here yeah and for me i mean i trust you except for like that one crappy band one time, but, oh, kidding <laughs> but you know i but i trust you i trust my friends like if you book somebody i'm going to say they're going to be pretty damn good and i'm always open to new things that people will say well i don't know them well, how the heck are you going to find new stuff unless you experience them Seriously, i got my stonecutter yeah. shirt on you know they're yeah. and there's just awesome stuff and you have a mix of local and national acts yeah but sometimes like i'll go there okay dealing with my dad sometimes i was tired so Back in the day with the bug jar, a lot of times the shows wouldn't start till midnight, but they start a little earlier now. But I might have to leave after, like, say I saw a band. I knew just because i dealing with my dad's dementia, I was tired. I had to get home for the caregiver. I had to leave. Of course, I babysit, babysitting my dad, you know, what are you going to do? But anyways, but otherwise I'd stay out. I'd always check out the other bands. Yeah. But I remember Bobby T. The one time I saw it was a local band, and it, Bobby saying you got to stick around for these guys. I think they were they were from they were obviously not from here. But I remember the room was packed for the local band. Everybody cleared out for the national band. Yeah, I've seen that many times. I don't understand because I mean you can go give them give them a couple songs. You, it's like that kid with the cereal who supposedly died of a, you know, an urban myth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you may like it. Yeah, you know, oh, then yeah, I'll end yeah. up going. Yeah, you know, it's no, Mikey, you won't have anything. He, yeah. You know, he likes it. But then I'd always go, and then I go. Or what I would do sometimes, like if I had to go, there's, I just could. I, I go buy their CDs and listen to them at home. You know, support them somehow, get something. Yeah, you know, make sure I support them because that's how a lot of they're not rich. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, you know, with this whole COVID. Um, lockdown so many bands went into debt because people this is the thing that people don't realize is like when a band goes on tour they're shelling out money on their own merchandise and the tour that with tour tour shirts so tour shirts are always hot you know and so they got to toss like over a grand just to put into their own merch and then just have a whole tour cancel on that. And think That's... about other externalities. Is for example, when gas prices get jacked up and you got to go driving and everything. Yeah. But what I've also heard is, if you can, if you like a band, yes, get this buy shirt. Yeah. Because I've heard that's where you really make your money, your yeah. shirts, and that's what you know. Merchandise, try to help all yeah. 
as much as you can. I mean, you know, I know we're all, money's tight for all of us, but you just do what you can. Yeah, the record label takes half of your money or most of your money, and then uh, and then you're spending probably like 20% of the money you spent on buying a sh- uh, getting a shirt goes to the company that makes a shirt and then the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. And I do know because back in the day, like in the 70s, that's when like Zeppelin and all these other tours, you made so much money off your albums. That's when they had the crazy extravagant curves, like the bands like Aerosmith or Van Halen, whoever, who you had to take the brown M&Ms out of their cup or oh, Kiss yeah. or somebody. Supposedly you I've had, to had do that, that situation on You've had band. to do that. Oh, you've had some weird ones. Yeah. But, you know, or they'd have like, they'd fly exotic hookers in from New Orleans or <laughs> have all their parties, have their own jet airplanes because, but now albums don't sell squat so they got to make money on tour okay you don't have to name the band but have you had a couple weird i totally have what yeah. a, don't have to just <laughs> um it's going way back uh so my buddy was the runner and it was a pretty uh significant big name uh musician and the musician wanted bud light so and then somehow things got mixed up and was told Bush. So he goes and grabs Bush, comes back, says, hey, here's your um, your Bush. He gets so hot-headed, <laughs> pissed off that he didn't get his Bud Light. He got Bush, and he's like, what the hell is this shit? I don't drink this piss. And he Oh, yeah, that's some, Bud Light's so much more high problem. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I would have been pissed if you didn't give me paps, man. Yeah, it's like they're both shitty beers. Like, (laughs) who cares? That's just like something. The only thing is, that's just, there's one, it wasn't really bad, but the the McDonald's and Gates was like a big thing, right? Like, everybody I knew worked there. So we would go meet them afterwards and go out, right? So one night, I guess Joan Jett was in town. They're, They're closed. Pulls up to the drive-thru, and, like, somebody orders a Sunday. And, like, we're close, but Joan Jett wants a Sunday. And I guess she had a thing about McDonald's Sundays. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and it's, I'm surprised, like, the ice cream machine worked. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, some people, it's just, like, the little quirks, like, that are kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how is, like, the, would you say the scene's going now in terms of, like, metal and everything? Are we just... Because I know a lot of bands, they haven't been able to play at all. The music scene... In dire straits, <laughs> not the band either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even before quarantine, things were really bad already. Yeah, and, and I get the vibe from this. I still keep a pulse, obviously, yeah. and everything. And it just it's getting worse. And now with this whole thing, you know, it irks me to see the people. Oh, I miss going to shows. When was the last time you've been to a show? I've always, I've, what, what always ticked me off to the end is I've told, so I've tried to, like, I will buy extra CDs and give them out, and I will get the response. Right. Oh, cool, cool band. Well, why don't you come down and see them? And what I hate the most is when you get that, well, you know, I'll be, they never show up. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go next time. I, I will. And then next time happens, hey, where were you? Oh, you know, uh, my dog was sick. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's I like, gotta work in the morning. I can't go out. Yeah, I had to go where I had a couple times I was there like till two and I I actually did a show here one time. I was in Albany staying bit I got back at five in the morning, had to come in here for uh, yeah. like nine o'clock. I've done those travels too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the thing too, is like 
saying that earlier I was, I'm from Batavia. So I go to shows Buffalo and Rochester. I live here in Rochester now, but back then, like, I went to a show. If Even if I didn't know the band, I'm still going to go to the show because I heard about this band. And for me, like, sometimes I don't feel the same magic as out of a CD than I do at a live show. So I want to know what the band sounds like live. Sometimes live is better than the CD, too. Oh, yeah, that's the yeah. inverse of that. Absolutely. And um, so... You know, I'd drive in whiteouts. I hear. You know, I'd drive into, through whiteouts for 45-minute drives. And then some of these people from the city is like, I can't even take a five-minute walk to it. I had the <laughs> one for one of the Valentine's Day massacres. And I don't live, I would say, okay, 15 to 20 minutes away, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I know where my friends live. <laughs> At the end of Valentine's Day Massacre, I look outside and go, where the hell is my car? It was like one of those nights. Like, oh, wonderful. So I'm going to, like, get, you know. So I just, you know, I just go slow. It's late. And I have friends freaking out. I go, dude, you got to walk around the block. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man, some of the vehicles I had didn't even Oh, have some of the either. pieces. I had the one. This was, we went to Toronto to see shows. We went to New York. Literally, it would if it would hit something, water would flow in the back seat. <laughs> but it would be cool because, like, in terms of the War Memorial, then you got to remember, in those days, tickets were like, we complained when they went up to 17 bucks. Yeah. It would be, Ma, what's coming? Go down and get tickets for me. Like, right, who's coming this month? Just go whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. But I would go, still, I have, like, a four-hour range. I'll go see a show. Yeah. You know, everything like that, four... Four, even maybe more, you know, four to say between that and six. I went to the Beacon Theater just to go see a show in New York. Now, when I got to New York proper, I swore my head off. <laughs> but, like, I went to Philadelphia to see Nick Cave, and I was going to go do that again. You know, and I know you've gone to see Sabbath down in New York. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but that was the thing. It was the adventure, too. It was the road trip. Yeah. To see oh, him yeah. and fun. Or I love, like, showing up at, like... I'll go see bands from here in Albany, and I'll pop in. <laughs> Nobody knows who they are. But yeah. the best thing for me, it almost worked out. Greg Townsend was in London playing at the Red Lion. I actually took a trip. My last vacation was like 10 years ago. I was in London. I missed him by three days. I was just going to walk in there nonchalantly, and he'd be, I decided to come to the show. <laughs> 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 but too, I mean, I'm always, I'm always saying you. I don't have to tell you. I say this all the time, and I try to do this with the show as much as I can. Support damn local music. Oh, uh, totally, absolutely. Because you'll find a lot of really yeah. good stuff, and you'll be you'll be special. My my friend from Buffalo just posted up something. And I had to share it. Um, I might be slightly off on it, but everybody's like, support. Um, you know, support your bars and restaurants. Da da da. But no one ever says. Support your artist. Yeah. And someday you're going to have that regret of, like, not supporting your favorite band because your favorite bar is shut down or whatever. It's the camaraderie, too. It's like I've met so many friends. How did I meet them? Just because we started running into each other at shows. Yeah. uh, You know, it's funny that you say that because, like, you know how many people are like, oh, you're so lucky you met this person. Like yeah, well, I've been going to shows and meeting the bands. What well, freaks I was like me 12. out though is there's been a couple times like I've been at bars. Some musician will come up. They know me. I have no idea who the hell they are. <laughs> I've been there too. <laughs> I've been there a lot. I, I've been there like, hey, and I've heard everybody knows me. You're <laughs> a legend. <laughs> like, 
How do you know me? Oh, so they know the time I was drunk and fell over and smashed my face on the, you know, it's like doing one of those. But the other thing, too, is we have to just talk about a little, these are tough times around here, obviously. And I just hope, you know, with all these things going on, they calm down. We find some kind of, you know, peace for it and everything. Because I hate to see anything, you know, happen to people or anything else. Yeah. And it's just tough. And I know, like. There are good cops and there's bad cops. It's just like we say that. But I think one of the big problems is always, okay, when there are bad ones, you got to do something about them. Yeah. You can't cover absolutely. it up. And I know, and I know. don't say, oh, this is just, I'll, there's one story I keep thinking of. This is from years ago. My friend Phil, he's Jamaican. It's important for the story, right? So yeah. we go to visit a friend in Georgia. So I'm driving. And in those days, I probably drove 120 at the least (laughs) go down there no incident so going back he's going to start driving it's night i'm i'm asleep he said a cop followed us for four miles doing nothing pulls him over takes him did nothing gets him out of the car he had opened the trunk and harasses him lets him go i slept through the whole thing they didn't even say anything to me (laughs) and i'm thinking gee i wonder why they pulled him over and he wasn't doing anything (laughs) that's crazy so, you know, yeah, and everybody's just got to be nice. I, mean, I think a lot of people were so divided these days. And I always say, I hate to think of, like, social media. Some people are going to go out and find they don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Because you know, I always try to, you see my posts. I mean, we do try to offend people on purpose <laughs> yeah. every now and then. But yeah. we, do, we, we do funny stuff, too. We try to make people think. But I will never tell anybody, you know, you vote for whatever. You're always going to be my friend. Yeah, exactly. It, it, like, moral of the story. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> that's, what, that's my biggest thing. Are you a dick? But yeah. let's talk to It's been very great having you on, but we got a big important thing now, a big project that's going to, I want to have backstage, uh, your band. How's it going? Tell us about uh, it. Things are good. We got a new drummer and uh, he's- Why is it what the hell with drummers? Like, it's, like, it's like literally kids, you want a living, you know, you want to you want to hang out with the rock band? You don't have to learn how to play. Just become a drummer. What, do these guys blow up or something? Is Spinal Tap? Oh, man. <laughs> Well, our first drummer, he, he was a great drummer, you know, um, and uh, he's he's the one that's on this and What's the band's name? Necrostalker. I don't need you to pronounce it because of my context. I can't see that well. <laughs> yeah, ne- Necrostalker. Perfect for um, t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, this drummer, he, uh, like, he was just kind of, I, th- I think he had some issues, uh, like, uh, personal things that he needed to settle out. So he's he said hey, I I'm done and he he left after a pretty fun show at the Crown actually and um it sucks because like I like jamming with them he, he was funny we had one but, years ago actually one of the bands I had a band called Feedback and the reason we called them Feedback is because we had no money so we had like fifteen dollar amps <laughs> but one of the guys it was actually we found our problem was with bass players. Oh, yeah. A lot of them, but one of them, I guess, started seeing ghosts. Well, fun, <laughs> funny story about bass players. I'm the bass player, and the thing is, like, ever since I was a kid, learning how to play guitar, and I'm a noodler. I like to noodle and shred, and I became a promoter because I was scouting for bandmates to becoming that guy that books bands that doesn't play instruments, and I'm like, I had to break that that mold out of people's heads like no i'm a musician i'm here because i am a musician i'm trying to find other people to jam with so um and after so long it's like hey i play guitar let's jam oh my cousin plays guitar he's in my band my uh, whatever da, da, da. so 
guitars are a dime a dozen. And I'll tell you what, a lot of guitarists are out there that aren't even shouldn't even have a guitar in their hand. Uh, yes, that's why I, uh, it's like me, like when we played, they'd make sure I didn't have a mic in front of me, so I couldn't even sing background vocals. But somehow, I actually played play bass, too. I still have my... But somehow that guitarist um, isn't a band, and I'm not in a band, so I'm like, well, this band doesn't have a bass player, and this band's looking for a bass player. I go out and buy a bass. Hey, I play bass. Hey, you want to jam with us? Okay. <laughs> I think that's the thing, too, and I've seen like some bands, like some friends who try to put together bands, they can't get it in sync because yeah. you just get a bunch of guys, you find you get some chemistry and you like each other. You yeah. go from there. Yeah. I mean, you just come in. I've seen some really good bands, and again, these are like some cover bands where I knew the people, they were, in terms of musicianship, great, but you could see they could have fallen asleep on stage because they were just <laughs> doing it for the money. But you get some people who like to play and have a good time, and I think I always say... Don't go into it like you're going to be rich. You're probably not going to be. Go in that you're going to have a good time. And some people, I've always loved the response when you look in the audience and people are digging the music too. Yeah. Not throwing shit at you. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much that's how I fell into this band. Um, And you do your original stuff, I take it. Now, would you ever be up to like doing an ABBA cover or something, like something really funny, like done metal? (laughs) I think it would be interesting. I always Um, look at like doing the, like taking some kind of song and just like turning into like a metal death anthem that's like you know dancing queen or <laughs> when we were practicing with, with our old drummer he would like to play the you know um i have the tiger and so sometimes we would just fall into that and just start jamming that you know what a big one is actually uh stroke for drummers Oh yeah, Those. it's okay to play. Just don't wear that weird puffy shirt you ever yeah, did in the yeah. video. <laughs> you know, that's all. We we would goof around with just just that beginning intro, and then we actually carried that song at least uh, a third of the way in, and we're like, you know what, that sounded really good. We should actually cover this, but we never did. And it's funny because like our vocalist wasn't there at the time, and then we were telling him, and we showed him. He's like, you know, I wouldn't be. I'd probably be down with jamming that song. And he's the one that we would have thought, like, he would have turned that down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. And now I was I asked you before we start the show, there's really no updates for the bug jar or anything. So just keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, more or less. Uh, I've been talking to Bobby. Bobby's pretty anxious. And I would opening. love to. But that's the thing is I also wonder. We're, we're all anxious. Yeah, and I know. I know some <laughs> friends are, like, almost in hiding. Yeah. And I've gone to a few shows, mostly at Abilene. It's been, Danny's in a good job. It's the isolation, but they have an outdoor back. We don't at the bug jar, obviously. Right. And it's just weird. You think some people are going to be real anxious to go out. Other people are, it's a, I hate the word, but it's like a new normal. We're used to being yeah. the way we are and everything I, else. I strongly feel like when things are back to normal, there's going to be still people that are still leery i th- i think so too and, and i'm thinking actually i think back into that halloween at skylark last year and yeah halloween's gonna be it'll be different because well screw it we wore masks all year <laughs> not, you know but i wonder because people it's like you get into halloween christmas and i always, i don't want to talk about it and i can't predict anything that you know flu season all this i think a lot of ways we need a vaccine or hopefully the nuts are right after the presidential election the yeah. sun will come up that everything will be back to normal it was the, the illuminati planted all this crap you know, <laughs> you know i I'm, 
I love hearing conspiracy theories. I love them too. I actually am a big, but I realize they're fucking nuts. But I do. I love the weekly. I love the weekly world news. I love Bat Boy. But I know they're insane. I listen yeah. to like you know. I know this stuff's like coast to coast AM. Yeah. But I love them. I just <laughs> I, it cracks me up because like a lot of it's like a little too crazy. But then at some point it's like that's a good point. We'll have to see on that. Well, I think what they do, that's the problem, is there's a nugget of something that could be. But, like, that one site I post stuff on Facebook from exposing Satan, which I hope it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I just enjoy it. But there's sometimes, yes, that's the problem, is there's, like, a little nugget of something, truth. But, you know, otherwise they're batshit. Yeah. Oh, Oh, shoot. This is going back, like, a few, quite a few elections back. I, I who was running against um, Bush at the time? Kerry or Gore? Gore was in Gore, 2000. Gore. 2000. And there was a picture of Al Gore with Anton LaVey. Obviously, Photoshopped. But a great Photoshop, especially of that time. And my buddy, who is like this huge right-wing Christian, this guy is the Antichrist, da-da-da, and trying to... F- figure out why like this guy's an it I'm like dude look at this this is a photoshop this isn't even like Anton LaFay has been dead yeah I mean I and actually Elgo- I think his daughter was like do, taking it over but he's yeah. been dead for how long yeah I, I I I'm not even sure and then and then uh and then you look at the newsprint and the <laughs> newspaper is like older like the the newsprint on the reverse side because the sheet you could see the back the images on the back the date was here but then there's another date over here so whoever photoshopped it didn't really notice to photoshop out the date on the reverse side. some people believe because a couple you know like i'll write satirical stuff sometimes and i will get like some people they'll take it literally oh, and i yeah. you know you you could you read my stuff and just go what the fuck is he talking oh, about? Yeah. But you know, I don't mean it. But some people will just take it as it's liter- like you don't see this as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my audience is a little more clever. Yeah. Oh my god. But then yeah. I do it all for humor too. And people who know me too, yeah. but you know, but some people I can't get. Like I'm trying to be straight faced when I'm writing this yeah. stuff. <laughs> but thanks for coming on, man. It's, plus, it's really good to see you because otherwise they see you. Now we're going to play something from this. So cover your ears a little bit. <laughs> but would you want to introduce your cut you want to play here? Um. Yeah. I think uh I think Bloodstain it's the uh the title album um that's a crowd pleaser of an uh And song where can too. we get this still? Is there other places or we have to wait for your shows Um now? you can wait for our shows our record label um we're signed to Severed Records and they'll pull us No you know what happens <laughs> every time on the show we'll get flagged and all it means is yeah we're doing the show all profits would go to you, but they f- I have the artist on the show when they flag us. So, oh, really? So wow. we're bad. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the label's cool. Um, Barrett's one of, my good, one of my best friends. So next time, dim the lights, play this album, <laughs> raise the Smurfs in the pentagram, and call them forth <laughs> to do your bidding. And thanks, Oz, man. Great to Absolutely, see you. Absolutely, you too. Hope you had a good time. Too. Oh, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> 